Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What the Ruck, the Edge of the Crowd's dedicated Aussie Rules podcast, where we discuss and dissect the latest in the Aussie Rules world. My name is Rebecca Ruthven, and I'm hosting from a different location today, but we'll get to that later. But I'm also joined by Ellie and Danny Brown. So how are we doing, girls? How is our week? Good week of um of one game of women's footy, um and watching some Sandville W, which was a good um good chance to take, and obviously men's as well. Um, but man, I am on the hype train of this weekend. I'm so excited. I got to go to um the presses that the Crows had on Monday, and um, you'll hear a little bit later. We I got to interview Mariana Rucic. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, but oh man, I'm so pumped for this weekend. <laughs> How about you, Ellie? I'm doing good. Um, outside, recording outside today um, because my room's in no state to record in. So um, for let me be outside. So I've got my dog sitting here next to me. So if you hear any bizarre sounds, that's who it is. Um, yeah, really looking forward to the grand final. It feels like the season's gone very quickly. Um, but yeah, keen to watch hopefully a cracking game of football on Saturday afternoon. It does feel like it was only yesterday that I was asking you girls to predict the premiers. So, oh my gosh, I can't believe this will be our last, I guess, full season one of AFLW What the Rock. Yeah, I, I'm in Melbourne this week. So um, if you tuned into the men's episode this week um you guys would have known that I was about to fly off to Melbourne I'm actually in Melbourne now so I'm currently sitting in my hotel room um and yeah I spent all day down at Albert Park for the Australian Grand Prix super duper exciting day um it's all about the Formula One but Saturday will be all about the footy and the AFLW um but in saying that, I do have a bit of a dilemma. If anyone knows of any official AFLW watch parties in Melbourne for the grand final, please hit me up because I do not want to watch it alone in my hotel room. I'm sure we'll have a listener or two drop in and tell you where to go. <laughs> yes, please. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, let's move on to our favourite segment, um, this week's round of clangers and hangers where we talk about the highlights and the lowlights of the round just gone by or the one match or the week. We're sort of at that point. Um, everybody loves their hangers. No one likes clangers. Um, Ellie, talk us through yours. As always, let's get the um, bad news out the way first. My hanger this week is my dog trying to steal my beanie. No, I'm kidding um so apologies for the really bad facials I made you like saw the pom pom and like went for it um <laughs> anyway um my clanger um goes to the advertiser over in South Australia obviously we had the W awards this week which will go into later detail um later in the episode but um they published a photo of Anne Hatchard and her partner Georgie but captioned the photo as Georgie Mirth and partner Anne Hatchard sort of made it seem like as they didn't say anything specifically, but they made it sound like that um, Georgie was the AFL, the AFLW player and not Anne. So, but Anne is a um, 
two-time premiership player and countless All-Australians. It's probably going to take me several hands to count those on. So, um, yeah, just do better, I guess. Um, anyway, bigger and brighter news. So, yeah, my hanger this week um, is there was obviously reports during the week that um, the Dogs could lose a few players to expansion and going to other clubs with um, – Mainly the big one was Ellie Blackburn being courted by Sydney to be um, their main um, premiership, their main expansion um, player. Um, but thanks to a post from the Western Bulldogs during the week, that is not the case. Um, both Ellie and Kirsty Lamb aren't going anywhere. They'll be at the Bulldogs in season seven, whether that may be in August or um, January, who knows at this point. But um, yeah. And before I wrap up, one honourable mention, it is the NAB, the NAB Girls League Grand Final. Tonight. So we're recording on Thursday. Um, obviously, the pod goes out on Friday. So um, the NAB League Girls final is, Grand Final is tonight between the Dandenong Stingrays and Western Jets um, at Avalon Airport Oval down in Werribee, which is my neck of the woods. Um, and special shout out to um, two players from the Jets, um, Laura Elliott and Casey Maddock. Um, I had the pleasure of playing playing with them in my under eighteen season. So, and they were Jets back then. So, um, I can only I unfortunately haven't been able to see much of them since um, playing with them because of COVID and etc. But um, from all reports, they're absolutely excelling. So, all the best to them in their side, and um, may the best team win tomorrow tonight and Danny what about you um my clanger is for another young superstar um who uh came through the ranks in SA um it's uh Montana McKinnon she has been um suspended for this week only the grand final um she's become one of the star crows um one of like the essential young guns that they've got there after not even playing a game last season. Um, she is such an integral part of, um, of the Crows game. And uh, against Frio last week, she had a bit of a late high bump on Kiara Bowers. And um, unfortunately the tribunal did not rule in her favor. Um, and yeah, upheld a suspension despite an appeal by the Crows. So she's out for the one week Um it is disappointing for her because um, it ugh, she had the chance to, you know, either smother or tackle. Like, but I guess when you're playing at such a fast-paced, intense game, um, you know, you're not always thinking <laughs> straight. Um, but yeah, she's she's only twenty, so I'm sure she'll get another opportunity to play in a grand final. I hope. Um, but yeah, just really sad. It was, um, I was watching the tribunal as it happened and, and just seeing her crying when the, um, when the tribunal was handing down their decision, it was just, um, heartbreaking for her. So, um, yeah, that, that mistake is probably would have been notched up as a clanger. <laughs> um, but yeah, very sad, um, that we won't be seeing her run out this weekend. Um, but my hanger also comes from the Sandville and the Sandville W. Um, a few history makers and achievements that came out of this weekend and upcoming, um, or that came out of last weekend and coming up this weekend. So uh, North Adelaide have this player. Her name is Jess Edwards. 
And on the weekend, she decided that that footy was hers. She got 46 possessions. 46! Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Um, so that's a new Sample W record. Uh, just mind-blowing that someone can get the pill that many times. I wish I could get it maybe a third of that. Um, <laughs> that will be my aim for this season. Um, and then also we had the first Sandful mother and son play for the same club. Absolutely incredible stuff. So um, Taryn and Brody Wills, uh, they come from Williamstown in the Barossa, um, in the Barossa Valley. They uh, both represented Central Districts um, on the same weekend. So um, Brody played uh, in the under 16s um, cup in the opening round of the season and um, which was round seven for the Sample W, which is when um, Taryn played. So that's pretty cool. And just to keep the good news running from the Sample, um, they have done a great job in terms of rescheduling games on this Saturday to make sure people can get to the AFLW Grand Final. Um, not just Sample W games have been moved, but um, men's games have been moved as well. So um, there, there are issues with clashes and things like that in terms of local leagues, but it's really cool that um, the State League has gone to this effort. So props to the Sample and everyone involved with it, I think is the general takeaway there. <laughs> um, Beck, what about you? What's your clangor and hanger? Um, so I'll start with my clangor. Um, Actually, no, I'll start with my hanger. I'll be in a good mood and then I'll get annoyed. Um, so my hanger goes to Kate Bartlett. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, um, you guys will know that I am a huge, huge fan of Kate Bartlett. Um, she is just a goal-kicking machine in the Waffle W. And this weekend um, was no exception. She kicked a whopping eight goals against West Perth. Um, so, yeah, it's a tremendous achievement for her and I I think for sure like she's been very a very very solid forward um for Peel Thunder for quite some time and um I know she has trained on with AFLW sides and stuff like that before but performances like that should really be thrusting her in the eye of the selectors and really shows that she does have the potential to take it up into the AFLW so Huge props to Kate Bartlett and yeah, keep kicking all those goals. Um, yeah, but anyway, on to the clangor and something that annoyed me was um, there was a small passage of commentary um, in which Ebony and Cara Antonio were referred to as sisters and not wives by Mark Soderstrom, who I will, to his credit, he did acknowledge he made the mistake. Um, but it's sort of at the point where those two have been in the system for quite a while and it's sort of become, or at least from my perspective, relatively well-known knowledge that those two are married. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's an error realistically that shouldn't have been made. Um, and just as well, I think it's a little bit awkward hearing someone call your wife your sister. Like just, it's just some whole like mind what's going on there um yeah so just being a little bit more careful um in commentary um and like media in reference to players relationships um and yeah it's kind of, I was just thinking it's kind of weird that my 
first clanger for the season was a commentary error. And now my final clanger for the season is a commentary error. Ridiculous, isn't it? You'd think Full that circle. Through a whole season, like the standard should be, you know, improving. But yeah, I mean, at least he acknowledged it. So that's something. Yeah, so kudos to him because um, we all know it's not very easy to acknowledge that we've made mistakes. And actually, good on Beck Goddard for correcting it immediately. Yeah. Because yeah, I know I had to do a double take when I heard it. I was like, that's not right. But I thought it was my ears playing tricks on me. Anyways, um, let's move on to the talking points ahead of the grand final. So um, we don't have any player milestones, but we do have a very, very special milestone for a coach. Ellie, would you like to introduce it? Yep. So he was just named coach of the year. I believe it was last night, as in Wednesday night, um, depending when you're listening to this podcast. Um, Mick Steiner from the Melbourne Football Club will be playing in his 50th game um, as coach. Been there in the D's inaugural season since um, in 2017. So he's been there for quite some time and um, finally being able to crack into um, that grand final would be a massive um, achievement for not only him, but for the um, entire entire side. So all the best to him and hopefully the D's can get up for him. I'm getting death stared by Danny. <laughs> God, the disrespect. The disrespect. Like, gonna... look, I, I support your sentiment in that I hope that they have a good game for him. Um, but did you guys watch the video that um, of Daisy um, pres- uh, acknowledging that he'd got the award? It was such a beautiful speech. And something that stuck with me from that speech was that, um, that, that she spoke of um, trying to get more female coaches in the AFLW. And she said something like um, she struggles with that conversation because while she wants more women um, coaching in the AFLW and in the AFL, um, she finds it hard to completely agree because she thinks he's the best coach ever. So um, that that point really stuck with me and sort of gave me a bit of a different perspective. But um, yeah, props props to him. Um, it's an awesome effort to stick with a club for that long too. So that video was a bit of a tear jerker. Not going to lie, shed a tear or two. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, if I was receiving that kind of praise from Daisy Pierce you would know you were doing something right. Like, I just feel like getting acknowledgement and all that from Daisy Pierce is just the highest honour in AFLW or AFL even. So speaking of award recipients and people that have been acknowledged for all their hard work and dedication, um, the W Awards took place during the week um, where... Yeah, they all got lovely and dressed up and rocked the coral carpet, um, as it was called on social media. And then they all sat down and celebrated their achievements for the year, while a special few um, were acknowledged for all of their super hard work. So um, for you guys, were there any obvious winners for any of the awards? I mean, the obvious one is 
uh, Ash Woodland winning the goal kicker award because we already knew it happened. <laughs> um, uh, look, honestly, I don't think there was anyone truly set in place for the win. Um, like there was no 100% lock and we saw that with the count, um, you know, with one, one round to go, Emily Bates from Brisbane and Anne Hutchard from the Crows were tied. So um, I guess that kind of shows that, uh, yeah, there really wasn't one person locked in. Um, Mimi Hill um, was probably the biggest surprise for me, if we want to talk about that. Um, she had an incredible season, but the fact that um, she didn't actually play the whole season, you know, she had to wait a couple of games before coming in, um, that kind of surprised me, but we know how talented she is and um, it's very well deserved. Um, none of us tipped it last week that that Mimi would get it. So, um, yeah, that, that did take a little bit of surprise. Um, I suppose Ebony Antonio winning goal of the year was probably like, the most like predictable one just purely because she had so many great goals during the season so um yeah but all of those three nominees could have got it um what about you Ellie your thoughts so for me there was um one clear winner on the night and that was Brisbane's Craig Stasevich obviously the shoey was um probably the highlight of the evening. Um, yeah, I unfortunately couldn't catch the award ceremony live because I had my cousin's 18th, but um, s- scrolling through my phone and seeing it pop up on socials was just awesome. Um, so, yeah, um, but I bet we won't see that in the Brownlow this year, but, um, you know, to all the AFL men's coaches, um, step up your game, I guess. Just, I mean, I will talk about Ebony Antonio's goal. Now, that happened during the Derby, and naturally I was in West Coast Eagles supporter mode. Um, But I was just sitting in the stands, and I just thought, that is ridiculous. Like, I couldn't help but applaud it. It was just that spectacular. Um, So, yeah, I thought that was well earned. But there's... um, there's another award that we haven't really spoken about yet, and that's Talia Randall's Mark of the Year. So um, she flew, like she soared, and it was just such a good mark. Like I could watch it on repeat all day. So thoroughly deserved. And there were some pretty solid entries this year, not going to lie, but she grabbed that award like she grabbed the ball out of the air. And speaking of shoeys, um. <laughs> What a week to do it for Craig Stasevich because it is also the week that Daniel Ricciardo, a known AFL supporter, um, is back in Australia for the Grand Prix. So um, very appropriate celebration given the context of the sporting week in Melbourne. Um, And, I mean, we've already seen one at the W Awards. Fingers crossed we see one on the podium on Sunday. But nonetheless, I still think Craig's is more iconic, even if Danny Rick does a shoey. Yeah, I think there's something different about him him just doing it right there and then. I think Emily expected him to do it like after her speech because she's literally just like, I don't know how to finish my speech now. Like, <laughs> I think that was brilliant. Um, but finally, well, actually, let's talk about this. So the awards ceremony was separated in two halves. Um, there was the all-Australian sort of part. And then there was sort of like all the other awards that came after that. Um, But the two halves were broken up, um, at least in the broadcast, by AFL 360. 
Um, AFL 360 did run a little bit over time because they were interviewing, um, they, they were doing an interview. Um, but this isn't the first time it's happened and it seems like it won't be the last um, despite the fact it has received a lot of backlash. What do we think about AFL 360 running in the middle of the AFLW award show? Personally, um, I don't like it as much as I love a break in between award shows. I, th- I think I personally don't like it because it's taking away from um, what we're celebrating. We're celebrating an awesome season of um, of AFLW that just happened. Um, obviously, the grand final is still the play, um, but... Yeah. But to break it up with AFL 360, and no disrespect to um the um Jerry and Robbo, and um I could I can't recall if they had any extra guests on that night, but um yeah, just to even put it on a different channel, like I know Foxtel have um a few channels, and even if you're live streaming it on KO, it's it's on KO. Foxtel owns KO, so they can just have it streamed on KO um and put it on like Fox 503 or something else. Um, so it won't be the be all and end all if it's not on Fox Footy for one night. Um, but yeah, I didn't like it. But um, yeah, I unfortunately don't see it changing in the future, unless of course the AFL season changes. So AFL 360 therefore isn't on. Yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, it is tricky because it's like, what do you fill that middle gap with when they're eating their meals? But um, that would be the perfect time to show some, um, you know, some of the little mini video series that the AFLW puts together during the season, put them all together and tell stories of some of the um, stars of the game and also some of the up-and-comers and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I I was frustrated by that as well. But I don't have anything more to say than what you guys already have. Or even you do interviews and put it... Um like red carpet interviews, you're putting some on the broadcast as in for the red carpet carpet sequence and you're putting the other ones in the middle, like um, Ali Blackburn and Bonnie Too Good did a, um, ran the red carpet for, I think it was AFL.com um, and that went for about 20 minutes. So, of course, it's not the full hour, but that's a good 20 minutes to um, take up the time there. So if you want to fill it with themed content, then, yeah, I don't see why they could just have... Um, extra red carpet stuff on the side or you even um get like a gopro or something go around um you or like a you get a player um i'm roaming the yeah roaming the room there so we don't we don't want roaming bt please (laughs) not bt not bt (laughs) roaming bg roaming bet goddard yeah oh yeah yes um well like even if they wanted to fill that gap with a talk show, they could at least try and make it a little bit topical and maybe talk about the AFLW grand final or, mm. um, you know, whatever topic, whatever's topical, do a season review. Like just you can still do a talk show. There's nothing wrong with talk shows. We love talk shows. They bring up fantastic discussion points. We are a talk show. You just can't see us if you're listening on Spotify. Um, but yeah, like there's nothing wrong with doing that either. And even um, if it was AFL 360, have it like an eccentric um, AFLW dedicated episode, no um, AFL men's. And you even swap out the two hosts to like Kelly Underwood. Sebastiani on. Come yes, on. Yes. Yes. 
Our favourite Gemma Bastiani as a stats guest with Marnie Vinyl hosting as well as Kelly Underwood. Yes. Let's go. There we go. Well, it sounds like we've solved that problem. So let's move <laughs> on to the All-Australian. Now, looking at the lines, were there any that surprised us or was it all pretty straightforward? It looks all pretty straightforward, hey? Like none of those you'd want to be like, no, nah, I don't want this player on my team. <laughs> you could base a whole team around like half of these players. I think it's very solid. Um, maybe like some rearrangements of, you know, who goes fullback versus halfback um, and who's um, in the centre versus who's following. But, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty solid team. Very happy for Olori Dwyer as well. I think she really stepped up her game this season um, and to see her rewarded for, um, for that by being named in the starting uh, 16. That's, yeah, very positive. I'm just very happy they've actually got like a pure winger this season. Obviously, it's been very um, topical. Very happy to finally see a pure winger on the wing. Shout out to Steph Kiochi because I know that's something that she um that she loves as, as well, having a pure winger on the wing. So, yeah, shout out to Orla who, um, yeah, starting on the wing. Um, I mean, this is just me being a little bit nitpicky, but it would be nice as a forward to see um, the forward line full of, like, pure forwards. But at the same time, like, you look at some of the names and some of the midfielders that have made that line, like Hayley Miller, Daisy Pierce, like they're all very difficult names to leave out. So um, I can see why they were put in the forward line. And personally, I don't have an issue with that. Um, it would just be nice to see the forwards get a little bit more recognition. I agree. But yeah, all of those forwards there are pretty solid as well. Yes. <laughs> It's just like it's just such a difficult year for the selectors because there've just been so many standout performances that it just feels cruel leaving anyone out. Um, but anyways, we touched on this a little bit earlier in the intro. Um, Danny had the pleasure of interviewing an AFLW Crows player ahead of the grand final this weekend. Um, Danny, would you like to do the honors? Sure. So. Um, yeah, like like Beck just said, I had the honour of interviewing Mariana Racic uh, at the start of this week. I headed out to the um, press conferences that the Crows hosted and I managed to uh, pull her aside um, from the other media and get this exclusively. So uh, very excited to um, share with you our chat. Uh, we, we sort of spoke about um, her season and heading into the grand final and how they prepare for the big games, but also um, speaking about some of the matchups that she's looking forward to and just how much the crowd influences the game. Um, she's really hoping for a, um, a big crowd, um, as, as we all are, I'm sure. But it is quite famously known in South Australia, a lot of the regional football followers are actually Melbourne supporters. So that's something that we touch on in this interview, but I won't say too much more. I will let, um, I'll let her do the talking. Um, so this is my one-on-one -on -one interview with Mariana Racic from the Adelaide Crows. So what are you looking forward to most about this weekend? Obviously grand final. So it's the, what you aim for each 
each year. Yep. What are you looking forward to most about the game itself? Um, I think I'm actually just really looking forward to a great contest. Like, as an athlete and as an elite competitor, you just want to compete, but you want to win. <laughs> so yep. I think it's 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 why we play footy. It's mm-hmm. you, it's the ultimate goal that we've set out as a whole team that we want to get there and that's what we want to achieve Um, but again it's not just going to be handed to you so I think learning from last year it's 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 going to be a fight and Mm. and it's going to be brutal and it's going to be hard but that's what we want so bring it on great what do you take from last year's grand final obviously you've had a whole season since Um, do you reflect much on that heading into this one Um, we in terms of personally, I think I, I've I've learnt from as a team. I think we, as a team, we've also learnt mm-hmm. from last year, and I think last year really um, created or lit that burning desire, that hunger of we fell short. We we didn't do what we came, what we set out to do, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't achieve what we wanted. So I think that's been a really driving force for our team this year and our and our club and our team, mm-hmm. um, but. I definitely know um, leading into it is to going from last year to this year. I think we had a lot of emotion behind last year, sure, um, for obviously obvious reasons. <laughs> yes. But I think I think really coming from Doc as well is is just focusing on the process of what what do we need to do um, rather than focusing on that outcome. Okay. And um, I know a lot of individuals in your team have stepped up this year, Beards, for example, um, and even yourself, it feels like your game has gone up another level. Do you think as a team it feels different coming in now that you've got those individuals stepping up? I think, I think it's, giving, it's giving those players the time to, to, to find their, like, especially Biddy, like, find her groove. And, and I know for her, missing out on last year was a, a driving force for her to going, oh, no, I want to play footy and I want to play each week um, to take her game to the next level. So not just her, but a lot of girls in the off-season really went to work, and yep. myself included. I think that's just natural as, a, as an elite athlete and a competitor. You, you only want to get better, and you can constantly get better. I, I still feel like... I've still got more to learn. I've still got more to give. Um, so I think that's been, as a whole, I think everyone's everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows that we just need to play our role for the team. What is my role? Well, I'm a defender. I don't need to score goals. I don't need to do the spectacular because guess what? I've got other players that are going to do that. Someone so, else's job. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's not my job. So as long as I can week in, week out say, have I played my role for the team? Tick. I think it's across the board that's where everyone's mentality and and mindset is at. Okay, great. And um, how do you sort of prepare mentally, like you're talking about the mindset, how do you prepare for such a big game? Uh, We've been preparing since September. (laughs) We've been training three times a week, if not more, when you're adding in gym and and extras. Um, So I think it, it honestly... It is. We've done all the hard work. We've we've prepared our, as best we can. So now, when it comes to the game, we can tap into that hard work of running, that gut running that we did at, in preseason, where you didn't want to run anymore, but you had to, and you keep going and you keep going. So, as a team, I think we've built that trust from the beginning, um, and we continue to build on it every every season. We have new players, we have players that leave us, whatever happens, but it's constantly building on that trust with one another to then 
be able to know, knowing going into a game day going, we've done all we can to prepare for this game. Yep. So now let's just go out and have some fun. Sounds good. And uh, what's your favourite part about grand finals, playing in grand final? Oh, it's oh, the crowd. Having, <laughs> having that, like, you know, a whole stadium screaming, shouting, cheering you on, it, it, it's, a, it's a game changer. It really is. And I, I really, really hope we have a lot of people that get there this weekend. I would love to say that we could beat 2019's crowd numbers. Um, that would be unbelievable. But just to have, especially with the last two years of COVID, to have a full stadium, um, because it makes a difference. And, and, and I know if we had that many people there cheering us on, I, I, I feel like it can get us over the line. Mm, well, I was going to bring up, um, in terms of South Australia, there are a lot of Melbourne fans, especially in country South Australia, mm. historically with the men's, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. Um, do you think it may be a bit more balanced in terms of the split between Crows and Melbourne now? I, th- I think it, it could be, mm. but that's where I'm urging all South <laughs> Aussies and, and Crow eaters to get there yep. because the more Crow eaters we have, the, the better. I, again, I, I agree with you. I think there will be a fair tonne of Melbourne supporters in the crowd and the stadium, but I just hopefully that we can outnumber and, and outnumber them in voice as well. Yep. And lastly, which matchup are you looking forward to watching most? Oh, I think there's matchups all over the ground. <laughs> um, I think I think the 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 biggest uh, part of it is 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 the mids is is where that centre bounces is, is can we get those clearances can we get our hands on the footy and and get it forward and keep it forward so I I, I honestly think it, there's going to be great battles across the whole oval and you wouldn't want to miss it so no. so get there yeah. <laughs> sounds good thanks for your time appreciate no worries. it thank you so that is my interview with mariana racic from the adelaide crows i hope you enjoyed that insight that she gave um i really enjoyed chatting to her i was a bit nervous i'm not sure if you could tell in the audio but um yeah thank you for um or thank you to um mj for her time Um, that was really special for us to have our first guest in our second to last episode of the season so hopefully we'll have more opportunities like this in um, in the next AFLW season to talk with some of the stars of our game. So we're heading into the weekend with a very interesting statistic on hand so Melbourne and the Adelaide Crows have a have a 72% win rate which um, is shared between the two teams it's um the best in the aflw so whoever wins this round i guess will take on the crown of having the best win rate as well um in addition to that taylor harris um there's a couple of in this game's a very very fascinating one for her danny would you like to tell us about that yeah, it's um, it is fascinating because she's the first player who will play um, three grand finals for three different teams, but all of all three of the grand finals that she's played in have been against the Crows. Um, she obviously started with Brisbane Lions back in 2017, and then was at the Blues for 2019, and now she's at Melbourne. Um, there have been 92 people um, who have played in either the VFL or AFL. Uh, for two different teams um, in in a grand final. But, um, yeah, she's the first person that will have played for three separate teams. So um, not sure what that says. Uh, it's just an interesting stat. Um, and then she is also in line to potentially become the second player uh, to 
collect 50 goals throughout her career uh, in the AFLW. She's sitting on 47, but Erin Phillips is on 49. So I think this game will not only be a premiership race, but a race to become the second person in um, the AFLW with 50 career goals. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and then if we flow on, if we keep this chain going, Erin Phillips will also be the oldest player on the ground um, in this, this week's grand final. And the youngest player will be Brooke Tonin, who is also from the Crows. She's only 18 years and 203 days, and she's only played four games as well. No, this will be her fourth. So she will become the um, equal most inexperienced player to ever take on a grand final. Um, Emma, Pittman, Emma Pittman played um, her fourth game for Brisbane in the 2018 grand final. So some pretty cool little stats uh, in, in this game. I'm a bit of a stat fiend myself, especially the quirky ones. Um, as you know, during, during previous episodes, I've often quoted either Swampy or Oliver or uh, Gemma Bastiani. So um, yeah, I, I love these stats. Um, are there any other cool stats that stand out for you, Ellie? Yeah, I think um, it's more team orientated, but obviously Melbourne are on a seven match winning streak. Um, their last loss was against the Crows back in round four. Um, but um, drawing some parallels to their men's side, um, the Melbourne AFL side won seven consecutive games to win the 2021 um, AFL Premiership. So maybe history is... Um, on their side, I'm not sure. I feel like um, Danny's about to hit me through the screen. But um... no, I'm actually just wondering if Ben Brown has any influence here because obviously he plays in the men's team and um, and and is on the coaching panel for the women's team. So I wonder if he's brought this stat over with him. Maybe he's the co he's the common denominator here. Yeah, true. He's got a good last name. I give him that much. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting, and it's sure to be a great match. Can I just add on to that as well? Um, I just went through the All-Australian side, and they both have four representatives each in the playing the side. So um, they seem to be quite evenly matched sides, and that always makes for a very entertaining match. Um, yeah, but... A player who didn't make the All-Australian, we love a bit of a heartwarming story here on What The Ruck. Um, she didn't make the All-Australian, but she certainly had a fantastic season. That is Lily Mithen. Um, her grandfather's cousin, Laurie Mithen, um, who also played for Melbourne, um, their family will have a record of eight grand finals. Um, so, yeah, he played throughout the 50s, the late 50s, um, played on a Norm Smith, who, as we know, in the men's competition, that is the grand final best on ground medal. So just another fun little statistic there. Um, but onto the, onto the actual match itself. So we've got two very evenly matched sides. In the forward line, we've got Ash Woodland and we've got Taylor Harris, um, who came one and two respectively in the goal kicking count this year. In the middle... We've got the likes of, um, at, sorry, we've got Anne Hatchard and we've got Ebony Marinoff, who are both tough cookies, but in the ruck, they've got Lauren Pierce um, and then also Daisy Pierce. Um, she's just phenomenal. 
Um, yeah, but there's also two very solid defenders in Libby Birch and Sarah Allen. So um, do we have a matchup that we're very excited to see? I'm very excited to see pretty much all over the ground, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing both um, both ends. Obviously, um, Melbourne's forward line has been quite potent, but you've got, um, obviously, it's interesting to see who will come up against Taylor Harris if, um, if Sarah Allen will get the job or it's Chelsea Randall, but they've also got the likes of um, Alyssa Bannon, who kicked, I think it was three on the weekend. Um, Kate Hoare, who's been great. You've got Daisy Pierce, who's in the All-Australian forward line. Um, and then at the other end, you've got the leading goal kicker in Ash Woodland. You've got um, Hannah Munyard spending time up forward. Erin um, Phillips, who um, kicked three in the last time those teams met. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, there's going to be so many interesting matchups all over the ground. Yeah, exactly right. And um, something that uh, MJ pointed out in our chat was she was really keen for the midfield battle because um, they they are quite similar, but um, I think I think Crows are probably a little bit more physical, whereas um, Melbourne's probably a little bit cleaner, maybe um, not as rough around the edges as as the Crows are. Um, so that will be interesting. Um, and also just the whole concept of Erin Phillips versus Daisy Pierce. Like they probably won't stand directly on each other, but two absolute like matriarchs of the game, I guess you could call them, two real like pioneers. And um, they were used as the face uh, faces of the game, like when the AFLW first launched. So it's almost as if like they're, it's like the end of an era almost because we don't know what's going to happen with them um, in, in the next season. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day where Daisy Pierce said that she wasn't um, or hadn't thought about retirement, but I'm sure it has crossed her mind. Um, and yeah, we may see Erin Phillips going over to Port Adelaide, whether that's to coach or to play, who knows, but it does have a real sort of feel of like, this is the end of the first era of the AFLW before all of the young guns really come into their own and, and shine. Um, but yeah, I'm loving the idea of Daisy Pierce versus Erin Phillips on the big stage. Yeah. And um, I'm really intrigued just looking at the last time they met. Um, obviously Adelaide keep kept um, Melbourne scorers for the first three quarters, but they let them right back into the game in that fourth quarter with um, it only really being a 14-point ball game in the end. Um, Definitely. I think something that Melbourne will have to be look at, looking at is their structure. The Crows are really good at dismantling team games um, while sticking to their own. And I think that, well, that obviously shows in the results of the last time they met, but also um, the way that they were able to keep so many of Frio's um, players quiet last week um yeah I think that's quite obvious so um yeah that's that's another point to keep in mind all right well we've previewed the match um the only thing left to do is to do our quick fire tips so we're going to do it a little bit different this week we've got Winner, margin, best on, and first goal. So let's start with the winner and the margin, Ellie. Melbourne by one. Ooh, spicy. Danny? Uh, Crows by 14 points. I'm going to say Melbourne by seven. 
Um, so who's going to be best on? Danny, I'll throw it to you. Um, Hatchard is going to have her revenge for being runner-up um, in the W Award and get best on. Ellie? I'm going to go Daisy Pierce. I'm going to go Taylor Harris. Yeah? Yeah, I think she'll kick a bag. You guys are killing me. You're really <laughs> killing me. <laughs> it's and, <laughs> and who are we going to go for first goal, Danny? Um, I would love to say Ash Woodland, but I'm going to go with Daisy. Ellie? Sorry, I was chasing a bird. Um, I'm going to go the excitement machine, um, Alyssa Bannon. I'm going to go. Careful what you say here. <laughs> We've got Aaron two Melbourne players. She's going to. What was that? Erin Phillips. She's going to notch up the half century. Oh, wouldn't that be a way to start the game? That would be huge. Mm-hmm. Love Get it that. done, out of the way, focus on trying to win the match. True. Good point. All righty. And that's it for our episode this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Um, yeah. Any final comments, ladies? Um, I just want to give a shout out to the girls on my beanie, Hannah Munyard and Abby Ballard. Two girls that I've played footy with before. I would love to see them both run out this week. I don't think we will, but um, we might see Hannah out there, I reckon. Um, and go the mighty crows. You've made me so proud this season and I will be there with bells on. Um, obviously, as I mentioned before, there is another grand final happening with the um, NAB Girls League. So if you are um, in the Western suburbs, of Victoria, please get along down to um, Avalon Oval at Werribee. The bit kicks off at 7.10 on Friday night. Um, and if you can't make it, um, it will be live streamed on the NAB League app, which is um, free to download on the App Store and entry is free to the game. So if you're free, definitely get along. Bit of a more selfish one. Um, the Perth Football League Women's Comp kicks off this weekend. Um, my girls, the Hawks, they're playing their first game up in C Division after being moved up two grades. Um, so, yeah, all the best to them. And let's just hope it is a great first round of women's footy back in Perth. And I will be cheering you on from Melbourne. So, yeah. Also, one more shout out. Um, it is the WRFL um, Senior Women's League kicking off on the weekend. So um, I won't be out there, but shout out to the girls at um, Point Cook Centrals. Um, hopefully we can get the job done against Wyndham Vale um, away. So hopefully we'll be singing the song loud and clear in the rooms after the match. And my team plays on Sunday and I will be there. <laughs> if, if my finger isn't broken, that is. <laughs> my trainer will tell me tonight. Anyways, um, I think this wraps it up. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WhatTheRuckPod as part of the Edge of the Crowd network. You can also find us at Edge of the Crowd on Instagram and Twitter too. And of course, our website, www.edgeofthecrowd.com. Thank you for tuning in and we will catch you later.